0: All praises to the most high, and the most high only, I'm your host, Brownson G. Bringing to you another episode of The Narrow Path of the Righteous. The Most High put it on my spirit to speak on Herd Mentality. This topic under a microscope because there's so much to say about the herd mentality. And many of you are aware that the herd mentality is what keeps the rat race going. The herd mentality is what allows these Nephilim soulless beasts and these elite bloodlines to continue to run false flags and psychological operations on the masses because of the the herd mentality. Which we know stems from the indoctrination into Babylon. You can only have the herd mentality once you have indoctrinated each individual. That's why we spoke about indoctrination. And in the episode of Indoctrination, part one and part two, we do a deep dive into why it is that this system has to get the children young. That they need to indoctrinate them into the system at a young age. And the whole purpose is to separate the child from the mother, from the father, and get them used to authority, control, dominion, governance, rulership, so that the child in a sense begins worshiping the indoctrination systems of education, financial, government, healthcare, and religion, those become their God. Not the most high. So the child automatically is indoctrinated into the system, and once they spend their pivotal years, adolescent years, in the prison school, the public school we know is a prison. Even if it's private, it's all the same. It's it's for authority, it's for control, it's for dominion, it's for rulership. And so we already know once the kids go through the prison system and they're indoctrinated, that's mm-hmm. when they can leverage the peer pressure they can leverage the peer pressure on the children to get them to do as they please you know we're seeing it right now I've spoken in multiple episodes how I pay attention to what people are saying and what people are going through and I I see it from both angles you have the so-called pro-science experts who are listening to all the regulations this that and the third right and sending their kids back to school doing as the cdc says as the fda says if the if if their experts or so-called leaders say jump they're willing to jump if they say down they're gonna get down on their knees if they say roll over they're gonna roll over and then you have the parents who question things know something's up but they're not listening to their gut instinct they're still semi-following the herd mentality they're still doing it out of fear of being labeled an anti vaxxer out of fear of you know being disowned by their neighbors or their community or their friends or the faculty you know a lot of this comes down to peer pressure where people just don't want to be left out and then you have the much more rare scenario where the parents know exactly what's up and they've taken their child out of school they're no longer a part of the, the herd or they're at least working on the process of taking their child out of school, because we've already spoken about it in the episode of Our Youth, there should be no reason why any of your children are in school. If you have any inclination of this psychological operation on COVID-19, all you have to do is turn on the TV and they show you that they're vaccinating kids at school against the wishes of the parents, that even the kids are signing consent forms. I mean, they're even telling you on TV that so-called children are receiving the covid 19 vaccine instead of the flu vaccine and this is all we're all supposed to believe that this is all done by accident that this isn't by design that these children just randomly got you know the short end of the stick and they're doing this to adults too and that's the herd mentality you don't you don't hear any outrage from people who are pro-science pro-vax i haven't heard anyone outraged about the fact that the wrong shot was administered to a child or an adult. They don't care. The herd mentality keeps you boxed in. You know, that's why we speak about it in indoctrination. It's like you lose your soul to the system. You don't even know who you are. The system teaches you not to be curious. The The system doesn't want you inquisitive. The system wants you obedient and subservient. They want you calm waiting for direction even if that direction makes no sense even if you're spinning around chasing your tail you got to continue to follow the herd and we're, we're witnessing that right now this is the biggest culling of the masses i've ever i probably would have ever seen because when you think about history the history that they gave us right everything that they've done has led up to this point in time Every single false flag, every single psyop, every single indoctrination system that was created was created to bring men and women to a very lowly level. A very helpless, feeble, timid, docile level. A very lazy level based off so-called convenience. And that's really where we're at right now. That's why you see no willpower from the vast majority of people, not even men. You see no willpower from anyone trying to fight for what's right and that's that's the reality of the situation that we're in that's the reality of the world that we're in and you know you can't it's like you can't warn anybody about it you can't warn your friends or family without upsetting them you can't warn co-workers without people basically separating themselves for you you gotta have thick skin to be able to tell the actual truth not filtered truth not truth that bends and molds to the emotions of the listener. If you really are about truth, you're going to admit when you're wrong. When you're really about truth, you're going to change when presented with new information that is contrary to any past beliefs that you had or that were false. And when you actually take a look at the definition of herd mentality... It begins with mob mentality or pack mentality. So it's a mob, it's a pack. And that's why I always describe the masses as the guard dogs of Babylon. It's like a pack of dogs that all roam together. And their leaders, you know, seemingly abuse them, neglect them, but they're the most loyal pets imaginable. They're guard dogs of the system, no matter how much the system shows them that the system hates them and how much the system is harmful towards them and their children. They, they continue to be loyal to the system. The same owners that destroyed their parents and their grandparents and great grandparents took all their lands, took their way of life, began to tax them, poison their food, poison the water, poison the soil, poison, poison their air, you know, took away their way of healing and made it all, you know, medicine based allopathic, destructive, chemical, poisonous, toxic base. But yet the masses remain loyal. It's because the herd mentality. And it describes how people can be influenced by their peers to adopt certain behaviors on a largely emotional rather than rational basis. When individuals are affected by mob mentality, it may make different decisions than they would have individually and so when you think about that what sticks out to is people will adopt certain behaviors based on their emotions largely, largely based on emotions rather than rationale or basis so basically evidence or facts case in point why is it that we can walk down the street and I would even say six out of 10 people are still wearing the mask. I would say it's a little bit over half. At one, at one point, it kind of dwindled down a little bit. Now it's like it's skyrocketing back up, even especially with the false flag narrative they're giving you about cases rising, this, that, and the third. You know, we all know it's a lie. We all, we all know that. So the mask is a perfect example of people just running off of their emotions no no fact no evidence and then that's why when you present them with the fact the evidence they have to do mental gymnastics they have to ignore they have to you know just detract they have to be a cape crusader for the system because if they agreed with what you agreed with or even looked into what you agreed with or or presenting to them as far as information they're going to feel as if they're leaving the herd they don't want to be like you who, who is out there by yourself, grazing your own grass, taking care of your own self. You don't need a shepherd. No, they, they need that direction. They need that guidance. They need that leadership. Basically, they need the convenience and they need the comfortability. People don't want to get into awkward spats with strangers, right? They want to be able to fit keep their social standing and social respect all while virtue signaling. And let's take a look at the history behind herd mentality. According to the group analytic society.co.uk, article entitled, Crowd Psychology of the Late 19th Century, written by Peter Zolowski and published on December 19, 2016. The idea of individual spreads throughout the social body of modernity and is intermingled with its history and ideology. However, as Eilis pointed out, the concept of individual was built during modernity being its innermost creation. The individualistic paradigm pursued the main socio, political and ideological shifts during the last centuries Meanwhile, if on the one hand, the idea of individual sustained modernity, on the other hand, the shifts of the Western world underwent, mainly after the 1848 uprising, as well as the Franco-Persian war and commune revolt, put the crowd phenomenon as central to social and political theorizing. So yeah, you got to give them order out of chaos. You got to give you know the people some kind of boogeyman or hoax or pandemic or outbreak to bring you know all of the people together all the herds to work towards something remember nowadays it's we're in this together two weeks to slow the curve we're in this together the unconventional behavior and the potential threat of mobs and crowds had been recorded since ancient times however only after the french Revolution. It was possible to observe crowds as an isolated phenomenon. In this regard, the pioneering historiography of Hypolite Tian, which was highlighted in the multi volume work Les Origines de la Francais Contemporaine*, the influence of context, moment, and race, investigated the behavior of mobs, Gurdens, and Jacobs driving the attention to the crowds. The 19th century was impacted by the changes brought by the Industrial Revolution and by the American and French Revolution. Economic modernization. So when you hear that word, economic modernization, and when you think about the word modern, modernization, they're basically taking what they deem to be barbaric, and they have to fix it. You see how this system, this this evil Satanic system full of tyranny and wickedness has to always fix you, has to always come in and be this hero. Article continues with, Capitalism and Burger as well as the appreciation of the illuminist, egalitarian, and democratic values, dramatically shifted the economic, social, and political tenets of the Western world. Moreover, the 19th century faced a huge progress in terms of medical, Technical and scientific research and improve the quality and longevity of life of the population. However, the achievements of the century had its obscure facade because the cons- consolidation of capitalism triggered terrible social conditions in cities, giving birth to the working class. And so, there is another herd that they put together: the working class, the, the you and I, the ones who are constantly in the rat race, who have to hold everything up which from that moment on put up opposition, threatening the burglaries' status quo. The working class represented not only a social problem, but its existence brought the two population feelings of insecurity and fear due to possibility of insurgency. And so that's why they have police, that's why they have armies, so that they can police you and I from waking up to this madness. The 19th century was characterized by the effervescent of crowds and the threats of popular insurrection, found their ways of expression in many revolutions, demonstrations, union struggles, riots, and strikes. These episodes had a deep influence on the century's thinking, fascinated but also terrified by crowds, as well can observe through Zola, Hugo's, Manzoni's, and Dickens' poignant literature. So they're telling you, basically, that her mentality has been something that has been slowly but surely creeping around and building upon itself. I mean, it makes sense to to stuff people into a working class. And here's your prominent class. It's no different than eugenics. It's all the same idea, just different ways of putting it. So, I mean, the article continues to go into, like, different forms of movements and how it psychologically affa- affected the 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 masses the populace but i just wanted to touch on that to let you know that this has been studied i mean they your enemy our enemy has been studying us before we were even born and we know nothing about them think about that we know nothing about our enemy who's been studying us this whole entire time according to the listverse.com article entitled 10 Ways That Freud's Nephew Duped All of Us and Still Does, written by Stefan Joven and published on September 26, 2019. Edward Bernays, whose uncle was Sigmund Freud, is credited with fathering the field of public relations, aka propaganda his methods were often to shift massive cultural trends in order to make his products or ideas more appealing here are 10 ways he did just that sigmund freud was the original man with couch wasn't the only member of the of that particular bloodline to make a lasting mark on the way people th- think about thought so i mean they just told you wasn't the only member of that particular bloodline That's all run by fallen angel bloodlines, everything. Indoctrination systems, everything. That's why it's easy for them to create a herd. Because you believe in it. Sigmund Freud, the original... Okay, wait a second. The original man on the couch wasn't the only member of that particular bloodline to make a lasting mark on the way people think about thought. Of course, his daughter, Anna, had some claim to fame as a candidate for least successful therapist ever, but more on par with Freud's own success, his influence's scale and stained power is that of his nephew, Edward Louis Bernays. Edward Bernays was a Cornell graduate in agriculture who discovered a talent for swaying mass opinion a process he would later describe with the phrase he invented and used as the title of one of his essays, Engineering Consent. He was described by the New York Times as the father of public relations, and many of the practices and perspectives which sustain the marketing industry to this day are his creations. So when you're using this outdated information from somebody that you can't even confirm or know, that's, that's just our history. We're always given some kind of puppet. Always. Bernays hated the advertising methods of his own era, which were often straightforward and aimed to address the reasoning abilities of consumers. He presumed, based on his uncle's work, that consumers were never actually reasonable, but driven rather by power. Powerful subconscious forces. These forces could be manipulated and the result might be anything from increased cigarette sale to majority support of war. OGPR man didn't just want to sell you a product or an idea. He wanted to change the very fabric of society around you so that the product or idea became simply from your, own, your new perspective, the most obvious choice. Here are 10 surprising ways that the engineered and re-engineered our assumptions are our beliefs and very reality number one world war one he is keeping the world safe from democracy enlist and help and this is just an ad they're talking about this what they're showing it's sometimes difficult to look back into history and be confident that we are looking through the right lens nine ham and eggs as the all-american breakfast how often do you think about why you eat what you do there's a long-standing idea of the all-american breakfast being one of ham and eggs in fact it would i would bet that one could take a cross-country tour of american diners and find that most of them serve a breakfast called something like the american which is just that bacon and eggs but this wasn't always the case Prior to 1920, the American breakfast was fairly light and humble, mostly grains, a bit of fruit, maybe a cup of coffee. Our more extravagant meal was conjured up when Edward Bernays secured the beech nut packing company as a client who wanted him to raise their pork sales. Bernays went to work collecting testimony from nearly 5,000 doctors across the US who said simply that a heavier breakfast was a healthier one. While some of the specifically cited bacon and eggs as an example, play worked rene's knew that americans had a hand to make themselves such a more substantial breakfast and encouraged them with the testimonies which weren't exactly endorsed for the meal but which certainly didn't oppose it number eight the color green this is a fascinating one Lucky Strike cigarettes proudly bore a bright green package when they hired Bernays to raise sales. Through polling, he discovered that women in particular were opposed to the brand because it clashed with just about every outfit. Rarely one one to take the straightforward route, Bernays didn't demand a change in packaging from the company, but instead, by planting supportive articles in fashionable magazines, and hosting green balls where perhaps obviously everyone invited wore green in an environment de- in an environment decorated with the same, he created a massive fashion trend for the color green. It worked; people were more green, and Lucky Strike appearing well ahead of the game became a popular brand accessory. Number seven, woman smokers. That women were targeted as consumers at all was due largely to Bernays' influence. Up until he was contracted by Virginia Slims, it was unsociable or even in some states unlawful for women to smoke. But Bernays saw an opportunity in growing support for the suffrage movement. When it, when a women's march was scheduled in New York, he encouraged a group of its participants to light up at the same moment, a moment when his hired newspaper photographers were in position with cameras ready. So just basically just playing, playing their roles, making, creating a show. Number six, hair nets in the workforce. This one may not seem so exciting until you think about the sheer volume of influence it represents before Bernard Bernays was picked out to slang hairnets, They appeared precisely nowhere in public view. After Bernays, they were a requirement in numerous industries and environments. This is easily billions of factory workers, lunch ladies, and so on over the course of the last century and continuing still, who use whose daily life has included a mandatory intimacy with hairnets. This may be an instance for those who might be squeamish about stray hairs and their food when we can genuinely and and unironically be grateful for Brene's influence. Number six, no number five, fluoride in the water. And we've talked about this one many times. That there is still a, de- a debate about the merits of water fluoridation, it can die now. Edward Bernays was hired by Alcohol, the present industrial grade fluoride, a common byproduct and regulated pollutant. Think about that. Regulated pollutant produced by the manufacturer of its bigger seller, aluminum, as a benefit to public health. Bernays himself is quoted as saying that he took the job because he was fascinated to see if he could convince an entire nation to vote against what he knew instinctively to be its own good health interest. Using methods like calling up every dictionary and encyclopedia he could find and having them add a then non-existent entry and fluoridization, giving the whole concept of sense of authority, he has per usual succeeded with flying colors. And think about it today. To this day, they're still giving you fluoride. Number four instant cake mix It was once a sign of lazy home home homemakery to use instant cake mix. No self respecting parent or baker made cake out of the box. In fact, instant anything was still generally a shameful prospect. But with Bernays on the case, it wouldn't be much longer. He pulled and researched and observed. Eventually, The man realized that the potential consumers felt guilty if they made cake from a box, as if they were not giving enough to their families. So he had manufacturers add one simple step to the process, an egg. Everything about the instant cake was provided, except the egg, (laughs) wow, which one had to buy separately and beat into the mixture. This easy addition apparently fulfilled the desire for sacrifice and maternal giving, and the instant cake survived on the Darwinian stage of the free market. We can wonder all day how far this has gone to influence our present day's instant culture. And that's exactly what it is. That started the instant culture of the convenience. Because these are these are families that literally would be home. You know, one parent working, the other, you know, taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, feeding the kids, so they had time to do that. So what self respected mother at that time would give their child fake food? Number three, engineering consent. And here's a, here's a quote from Edward Bernays. Propaganda is the executive arm of the invisible government. And that's exactly, he's on point. He's telling you. This dude is telling you. You notice how these bloodlines always are involved in everything? Just in our last few episodes, how many times have we heard mention of the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, you know, the JP Morgans, Darwinism, you know, Darwin, Charles Darwin. And now we're hearing about Edward being related to sigmund freud this is not a mistake we see, keep telling you bloodlines run the earth as mentioned in the introduction bernays literally wrote the book on an idea he termed engineering consent he presented the argument that democracy could not be left in the hands of unwashed masses that the world's wealthy and powerful must protect those lower on the class rung from themselves and that's idol worship right there not the most high being in charge of you but a man deem themselves more important than you the method of providing this protection was to manipulate their votes by the same kinds of campaigns which bernays had perfected all while promoting the beauty of a free election number two sexual education bernays was an odd fellow either disloyal or critically bipolar he supported a number of opposing causes which with apparently equal enthusiasm bouncing from libertarianism to conservatism with a flexible sense of truth or with only money as a motivation because he's a faker and all these things they give you politics it's all fake he knew that so while his ideas about the upper class role and manipulating the rest of society seem anything but progressive he also worked very hard to see that the masses received a sexual education and so you want creeps to teach your kids about sex or do you want to be the one to teach them number one publicity for presidents One of the first publicity campaigns for a U.S. president was created by Bernays. Calvin Coolidge, running in the 1924 election, was apparently perceived by many as uptight. So his PR advisor orchestrated celebrity visits and a Vonderville performance on the White House lawn. If we look at the media circus that accompanies American elections today and wonder about the degree to which they seem like reality TV shows or even adult cartoons, this may have been the most been the moment that made it all possible because they all were even back then bernays is just the face of it all of this was always just a show for you and then this man did some pretty wicked things made made fluoride possible started teaching your kids sexual ed- education instant cake mix to usher in gmo foods i mean this guy is showing you complete i mean smoking making smoking popular eggs and, and, and bacon in the morning, come on people, war is right out in the open that this was helping to create the herd mentality. And we're going to transition over to the audio excerpt from the Morgoff's review video entitled Edward Bernays, The Group and the Herd, published on July 1st,
1: 2020. Hello there, folks. On well, a recent video, the Civilization one, I took a look at history um, through the prism of technology, that technology was the driving force of history around with that idea and and took a look at where that's going to lead us where it is leading us and in that I kind of sidelined the idea that there's people um pulling strings and manipulating people uh, to, according to a certain plan and it's done that kind of thing and um, i wanted to sort of go right back in that direction on this one um and look at in this case it's a book i've been reading by edward Bernays so Edward Berners is uh, the nephew of Sigmund Freud similar heritage of course um and he has a few books which I've been reading his one called crystallizing public opinion and then Berners went from Austria to America and once he got there he began to apply the thinking of Sigmund Freud uh, psychology of course psychoanalysis and Bernays wasn't interested in it at the individual level so much as he was in mass manipulation, how you can use uh, psych- psychoanalysis and psychology to play on the fears and manipulate the masses. And he's written some books about it, and one of them which I'm uh, reading is called "Crystallizing Public Opinion, in particular, uh, part two, which is called The Group and the Herd, and chapter one, uh, what constitutes public opinion. So you people may know Bernays from the Adam Curtis documentary century of the self and Curtis's doc which is it's a brilliant documentary but Curtis's documentary is is looking at how capital did this how they molded the public and public perception um it touches on I think the Frankfurt School but Bernays runs alongside of that Um, Obviously, similar background, but he's not coming at it from the the neo-Marxist or whatever you want to call it um, side of this. It's it's about psychology, but the effects of it um, on discourse and on the West, beginning with America, are very similar so the the problem that uh, what bernese is going to do here is look for ways that the public and the opinions of the public and how they view the world can be manipulated and he ended up working for cigarette companies uh big money and then eventually what what you could call like the sort of the proto deep state so uh, and in his book crystallizing opinions and the other one which is just called propaganda he's really like straight out saying like this is what we do. Um, there's, I don't know, it's it's really surprising just reading how balls out it is, how, how, how in your face it is. He's not trying to hide anything. But so <clears throat> the thing that he's going to, um, what I found interesting about the chapter of what constitutes public opinion is that Bernays is uh, going to approach the problem of how you manipulate the masses. And he's going to raise a few issues which i think can resonate with people in in dissident right circles today because i think that when you mention somebody like Bernays, or you mention people like um hawkheim or Adorno, and there's there's this knee-jerk reaction to sort of um they're just like bogeymen and there's too few people looking into the text at what it is they're actually saying um you know and i i like this idea of demystify them and their ideas and in in some cases they're actually approaching problems which uh people in the dissident right are focused with and you can see it with um Bernays straight away, because the problem that he's, what I find interesting in this chapter is he's going to come up with a problem that if you want to, let's say from his perspective, it would be to red pill the masses. Um, but the problem that he comes up against is that the masses already have, um, they've already been programmed, somebody's already been there and done it. And he's going to, uh, he says the, 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 they're getting their opinions, uh, from the radio at this time, um, from the newspapers, from the church, from the schools. And so there's, they've got this uh, sort of dead wood that needs to be cleared away. And he wants to figure out how that can be done. And he's going to play around with a lot of ideas here. But he's, um, what's interesting is that he, you can see here yeah, this idea of that, that we're all uh, rational liberals and we all form opinions based on our own reason is actually um complete rubbish he doesn't believe that at all and he says it again and again and again and so for an example there's this part where he says the religious man accuses the atheist of being shallow and irrational and is met by a similar reply to the conservative the amazing thing about the liberal is his incapacity to see reasoned and accept the only possible solution of public problems Examination reveals the fact that the differences are not due to the commission of the mere mechanical fallacies of logic, since these are easily avoided, even by the politician. And since there is no reason to believe that one party in such controversies is less logical than the other. And so what he means is that people already have their own preconceptions and their own biases about the world, that they've already been programmed and that you can't talk them out of them. Now this is something that's going to resonate with a lot of people who who watch this video because um this we we run up against this every day we talk about how do you how do you red pill normies how do you red pill the masses uh, how do you how do you convince them of our opinions and again and again we come back to the problem that they've already had another set of ideas and another set of biases handed to them by the media it's just the media uh, today is much more sophisticated than in uh, Bernier's time but nevertheless he's still touching on something which is very similar and he goes on to say the difference is due rather to the fundamental assumptions of the antagonists being hostile and these assumptions are derived from herd suggestions now as as is so, shown in the title like he again again, and again throughout what i've been reading by him um he's got nothing but contempt for the masses and he literally calls them a herd and it's about how you manipulate the herd and he's there's a famous passage somewhere where he says all of your opinions um and and what you think of as as uh, your take on the world is literally being written elsewhere by people that you've never heard of and it's it's as if Bernays wants to get in on the action and he is actually hired to to do this but we're going to get into an example of that later the most famous one of course uh, to the liberals, certain basal conceptions have acquired the quality of instinctive truth have become a priori synthesis because of the accumulated suggestions to which he has been exposed and a similar explanation applies to the atheist the christian and the conservative each it is important to remember finds in the consequence the rationality of his position flawless and is quite incapable of detecting in it the fallacies which are obvious to his opponent, to which that particular series of assumptions has not been rendered acceptable by Heard's suggestion." So what he's he's getting at here is that if you think that the basic standard in Britain, it would be the Conservative voter and then the the Liberal, uh, the the Labour voter, they both have their own fundamental truths and it's handed to them by the media that they consume uh but and and the the church or on the left it will be the university and then and um, so on so they they are forming their opinions and then they belong to a herd and then that herd uh, reinforces all of those opinions and even when you show them something which is flat out wrong they will merely d- Sort of fall back on and draw from their own sources to create uh, the narrative all of their own, and so um, Bernays is interested because he what, he's gonna he needs to change this. So at, at this point he is faced with the same problem that dissident people do, and he he goes on. Um, Thus, the public relations council. This is he's talking about the basically being the the Deep State, the Public Relations Council, as he calls it. But there's this kind of interconnection between the American government and big money, and there is today, much more so today, in fact, largely based on some of the ideas that Bernays uh, got into. So thus the Public Relations Council has to consider the a priori judgment of any public he deals with before counselling any step that would modify those things in which the public has an established belief. So what what he's saying here is that when you hit them directly with uh, counter evidence facts which so sort go of run against the grain of their narrative they just they just reject them this is the problem that he's facing it is seldom effective to call names or to attempt to discredit the beliefs themselves the council on public relations after examination of the sources of established beliefs must either discredit the old authorities or create new authorities by making articulate uh, a mass opinion against the old belief or in favor of the new the average citizen is the world's most efficient uh, censor. his own mind is the greatest barrier between him and the facts his own logic proof compartments his own absolutism are the obstacles which prevent him from seeing in terms of experience and thought rather than terms of the group so what Bernays is going to say here what he is saying is that when you're directly antagonistic to these people if you just obviously as he says calls them names or if you uh just trash their arguments outright it isn't actually very productive what you do instead there's two parts to this there's you have to speak from authority which is or nigh on impossible but if you get a, a large enough presence on uh, social media or you form your own political party you can frame, and reframe these things where you're speaking to somebody's good instincts rather than just being negative um and the second part of that is that y- y- you don't antagonize them and so you're 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 speaking from authority and then the second part is that the you give them give them a new narrative upon which they can not trash their old opinions that will come later instead what you're doing is supplanting the one narrative one worldview with your own and this is what Bernie is perfected this is what's been done so successfully in the West and you can see it just in the the riots and all of the trouble going on for the last few months and as I've said like ad nauseum on this channel to be honest it's all uh, backed up by all of these PR companies uh advertising agencies you can see how it all links together it's just that it's much more sophisticated now than in Bernier's time but here uh here's the man who is widely regarded to have come up with it all and he's got some very interesting books about it so um what he's most famous for is the the cigarette advertising campaign where he was hired by a few different um companies and he the problem that they had was that women in America, it was considered uh, taboo for women in America to to smoke cigarettes. Now, this is a problem because it means that if essentially the big business have lost half of the potential buyers of cigarettes, which is a hell of a lot of money. And they hired Bernays to come up with PR campaigns and advertising techniques where they could um, where they could get women smoking. And so just to go back on the earlier point that he was making there, the one thing that you could do is to hit the taboos dead on, um, but that that, that would antagonize them. So he's going to use his own techniques here. And eventually what he came up with was this idea that when women, if you look at all of the, on Google images, as I did, all of the um, pictures, the advertisements being used of women are just women with a cigarette. And he, the, the torches of freedom, as they called it. The women in the advertisements, they don't have their, a husband there or a man. They don't have a father figure. They aren't portrayed as daughters and they don't have children. There's just the women, just a woman. And the, the, the narrative which is being given to them is that they are now free. They are now liberated, and they it's its some—it's a positive uh, vision, something for them to aspire to. Um, and so it, it says, uh, just I'll, I'll describe this on the Wikipedia page, because it should appear as, this is Bernays, because it should appear as news with no division of the publicity, actresses should be definitely out. He wants to make this look normal. On the other hand, if young women who stand for feminism, someone from the women's party say could be secured the fact that the movement would be advertised too would not be bad while they should be good looking they should not be too modely three for each church covered should be sufficient of course they are not to smoke simply as they come down the church steps they are to join in the Easter parade puffing away so it's it's not to be connected with the traditional family because that's the old narrative he doesn't want to hit it straight on instead he's creating a new vision and a new image and it will be of the woman uh, alone liberated from men the feminist movement is just coming in here you see that big business big capital is absolutely on board with what would be perceived as being a left-wing movement, a feminist movement. And you can see that they complement each other perfectly. And um, that, that the image of a woman with a cigarette is kind of like a crypto-proto-feminist uh, image. And yet it's coming from big capital. This leaves us on something else, because it, it's uh, been a hot um, topic recently in dissident right circles, where people have been much more vocal in attacking big, big money, big capitalism. Because it was standard to see well, lay all of this um, squarely at the foot of Marxism, and then to say the end result will be that we all live in, um, They're go- basically, they're going to deconstruct everything about Western civilization, all of our norms, all of our traditions, and we they, they will then bring in the communist revolution. And yet, here we have Bernays, and as i say in in literature and so on he's often runs alongside the the frankfurt school uh, he has a very the same heritage and he he is of kind of a foreigner to america and that means he can stand outside of the normal cultural fabric and attack it and undermine it and study it from that perspective which is more difficult if you're a native and you're submerged in it but you can see here uh, the problem is that big money big capital employed him to subvert the values uh, just in the cigarette advertisement yeah there was more and and i think i'm going to do more videos on this as well i just want to focus on this little part here um you can see here that it was corporations who hired him um to study how you can then begin to break down these more conservative more traditional values all of that they can open up what was then half of the market of america which was women um and needless to say you know t- tens of millions of women will have died of lung cancer because because of this and Bernays himself was adamantly opposed to smoke and didn't want his wife to smoke either but later later in his life he did uh, get on board the anti-smoking um, thing but the point here is that this is a cultural value a cultural more which was a good one and it was a healthy one And it was abolished and feminism went alongside big money here. Um, So we have to have a a closer look at the role that big capital, um, high finance, has played in the current state of the West today. And it, it triggers a lot of people because you're going to be called a Marxist, you're going to be called, you know, you're just a communist. But nevertheless, we have here a clear, clear example of uh, capital hiring somebody to break down the mores and values to open up markets. And we can see this happening again and again and again. In fact, um, mass immigration will be another one. But just to get back to the basic um, narrative, which is an interesting one for this this particular chapter here, when we go get into the, how we con- to kind of confront people. If you wanted to use as the banners, or if you're in a dissident movement, you can uh, whittle his advice down to three different points. And it's um, number one: don't antagonise. Um, number two: replace the source. And three use the source to replace the narrative so you have to get into a position where you can dish out your narrative you don't have to be completely antagonistic to everybody else around you it's actually why i find debates to be a waste of time because it's exactly what bernie is talking about with this sort of left right dichotomy everybody is just going to dig in to their own trenches you're not going to get anywhere if you opened up a third trench you might um your third position you might see but when you're deliberately antagonistic, all it does is reinforce people's beliefs, and they're going to get on the defensive. You replace the source, obviously, um, so that you can peddle your narrative. And then, instead of being completely antagonistic, you just replace the narrative, you know, with your own, which is, for the better or worse, positive or speaking some sort of fundamental truth. And then you'll find that people from elsewhere will move towards you. This is a, an interesting way um, uh, to, to, to look at this in how you manage the masses. But what's most interesting is that you can get rid of all of these liberal preconceptions that the, the, all of the people, all of the normies, are all that they've all arrived at their positions through their own reason. Um, it's not the case and the people who control the discourse, the people who control the culture and set the running here, they know it as well. The only people who think they've arrived at their own opinions, that, that, that we live in this uh, society where everybody is rational and everybody has come to their, their understanding of the world through their own volition is completely deluded and when we can just step over these, these, uh, false preconceptions about the world we might actually get somewhere so i think i'm gonna um carry on reading this
0: and you know the the author of this video did an incredible job about breaking it down even in a further way of looking at edward Bernay's work because like i said our enemy has studied us from the beginning and a lot of us and I've been guilty of it, especially in previous podcasts. We, we speak with passion. We speak with fire. We say things out of frustration. You know, a lot of us can develop animosity and resentment when you're trying to help family and friends. I spoke about both those topics in the episodes of growth and resentment. How it's human nature for us to to grow and have that animosity and resentment sometimes. Because you're trying to help people from the place of love and show them how wicked this world is, but yet you still have family members, friends, you know, co-workers, whoever it may be going against you. And we have to understand that our approach is super important, too. So even Edward Bernays giving you gems on how to approach people. But even then, you know, I, I always fall back in the notion that you can give a person a million different approaches with information. You could be aggressive, you could be in their face, you could try to argue or debate or you could be patient and polite and and compassionate and loving. And I've found that both approaches always just come down to the recipient because they're going to give you a cop out and say, well, if the message didn't stick, then it's definitely the messenger. That's a cop out. That's not true. That's not entirely true because you're not factoring in the people's idolatry. People don't understand how deep of a curse idolatry really is when you when you trust in these demons these deities your whole entire life I mean we spoke extensively on it on the episode of indoctrination once somebody's indoctrinated man it's incredibly difficult to get them to see things clearly it's incredibly difficult to move them away from the herd let alone even let them even perceive that they are a part of a herd so it is an uphill battle but even Edward Bernay gave us gems which I'm going to use in my approach a lot of you have seen with my episodes. It's not as in your face blunt. I was very blunt about the things I would say back then, but now I'm still blunt. I'm still going to speak the truth, but now I understand that it, it it's not a knock on me if somebody's not going to accept the truth. It's not. My job is just to present it. So you we see how deep they've studied us, how they've gotten into our psyche, how the indoctrination works and creates a perfectly subservient, obedient chattel, you're a part of the herd. According to the ScienceDaily.com article entitled, Herd Mentality, are we programmed to make bad decisions? Published on December 16, 2014. The research led by the University Exeter has shown that individuals have evolved to be overly influenced by their neighbors rather than rely on their own instinct. As a result, Groups become less responsive to changes in their natural environment. The Collaborative International Study, which includes academics from Princeton University and both the Sorbonne Universities and Institute for Research in Computer Science and Automation in France, is published in the Royal Society Journal Interface. Lead author of the report, Dr. Colin Torney from the University of Exeter's mathematics department explained social influence is a powerful force in nature in society copying what other individuals do can be useful in many situations such as what kind of phone to buy or in or, or for animals which way to move or whether a situation is dangerous however the challenge is in evaluating personal beliefs when they contradict what others are doing we showed that evolution will lead to indi- lead individuals to overuse social information and copy others too much than they should. And that's what the elites knew. They, they knew all they needed to do with all of these false flags and psychological operations was to first hook, line, and sync the masses with their emotions. That's why TV is such a big thing. Do you think people would really tune into television if it didn't grasp their emotions, if it didn't grasp their subconscious if deep down they weren't feeling riveted through a a, a fake story on TV, they can make a story all mushy, you know, a sob story, you know, a missing child is found you know, and then, and then, then then that viewer is all happy, right? The serotonin, all that stuff is going off in their brain the happy chemical, and then the next the next new story is Cases have risen, COVID has risen, people are dying. And then they flash forward into, you know, a television scene for the green screen. All actors talking about how their loved one died from COVID because they were unvaccinated. And then that person went from being really happy, feeling amazing to now they're scared and frightened. And then the news comes in and the anchor tells them, nothing to worry about, just go get your shot, go get your kids the shot. You know we are all in this together so they go and copy and then they go and tell their neighbor and then they go and hop on social media and they post about it how do you think this stuff works it's it's feeding into the the psyche into the emotions of the masses so of course people copy each other i'm gonna i like to i like this sentence the result is that groups evolve to be unresponsive to change in their environment and spend too much time copying one another and not making their own decisions. Yep, and that's idolatry, copying what the government says. Honestly, we are in a world of virtue signals. We are in a world of professional virtue signalers people. And these are some of the most fraudulent people I'm not going to even say all virtue signalers are are fake or, or phony. You know, there are some people out there that are falling for these psyops because they genuinely care and they genuinely like people. I, I do believe there's people like that because I've met them. I've met the the people who've been polite to me, who've been scared to death wearing a mask or double mask or have the vaccine and all this stuff. And they they're talking about going back to normal. And I see the fear in their eyes. You know, even these people will wish you to have a good day and... All this stuff. There's there's still decent people out there, but we gotta understand you know how deep rooted this is, how people can just fall for gimmicks, fall for hoaxes time and time again. It's the idolatry, it's the indoctrination. They learn from a young age in that classroom with that so-called teacher, which we really know as an authority figure, who, who who literally is just giving a curriculum. The teacher's not really. What makes one teacher unique from the next? People might be like, oh, well, this teacher has this different style. This teacher is, he cracks jokes. This 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 lady, she's more caring. She gives hugs. You know, pre-COVID, she gives hugs. But at the same time, they're both teaching the same curriculum, aren't they? You best believe. That's why when I was in class, I'd always look over and there would either be like the vice principal or the principal or some person sitting in on the classroom listening. You ever notice that they come in there and just sit post up back of the class sketchy little area sitting in a in a in a, in a timeout chair like they'll come in and be like hey class and you, you never see this individual for months you see him like maybe a couple times a year that's because the teacher's getting checked up on they better be they better be on point with that curriculum so when you give when we give our children over to these authorities the children are all taught the same things, the same way, all amongst each other. So adults are the same way. It's, it's birds of a feather flock together. It's, if they see all the other parents doing it, they're going to do it too. The article continues with the team used mathematical models to look at how the use of social information has evolved within animal groups by using a simple model of decision making in a dynamic environment the team were able to show that individuals overly rely on social information and evolve to be too readily influenced by their neighbors the team suggested this is due to a classic evolutionary conflict between individual and collective interests dr torney said our results suggest we shouldn't expect social groups in nature to respond effectively to changing environments individuals that spend too much time copying their neighbors is likely to be the norm and so i mean i mean realistically you don't really even need a study i just wanted to show that even they are studying the effects of the work of people such as edward bernay working on the minds of the masses they study how it works of course they have to have control groups of course some of these so-called experiments last years decades because they literally oh you're guinea pig so they need to know how it works and need to know that it works effectively And of course people copy their neighbors copy each other why do you think there's falling outs why do you think they use the word the words anti-vax why do you think they use the word anti-government anti anti uh Science. I've had a family member tell me, oh, yeah, you're anti-government. I just laughed. I'm like, I obviously know you don't know history. You don't know life. Like just, the fact that you can even people can even use the same copy and t- pasted insults says a lot about them. That's the, the herd mentality. That's the indoctrination working on the masses. You got to think about it. It's deep. And we're going to transition into an audio excerpt from the Rebellious Meat Puppet video entitled Humanity is Lacking in Consciousness. It's Why We See Herd Mentality Through All This Insanity, published on June 1st, 2020. And for me personally, I don't necessarily always agree with every single person that I put put up the audio clip for typically what i do is i just try to drive home a point or gather either either deeper information that i don't know of or just a unique perspective i love unique perspectives i love people's perspectives because it helps you think and look at every angle possible so you can do a deep dive so this this rebellious meat puppet guy he'll be in he's in in a predicament where he sees the world from the position of impatience that's what i've gathered and his fuse is a lot shorter than mine because from what I gathered this individuals in their 40s mid 40s I'm not so I imagine being in Babylon a lot longer than another person it's gonna a lot of people are not going to have the same approach as me as being patient and trying to be compassionate like cuz I've changed my approach it used to be very blunt used to be very you know energy and energy specific to what I had to get across right I was passionate But I couldn't imagine being in Babylon another 10, 15 years taking off my life and seeing humanity go down. So I just wanted to say that a lot of the points in the video, such as, you know, blaming the Jews or blaming, you know, this, that and the third. I don't subscribe to. You all know that. I know it's not. That's just a deception. We all know that every single nation works together. They're all the fallen angel bloodlines. They just as long as you're in the bloodline, it doesn't matter what grace so-called race or color because they don't even go off that so let's transition over to the audio expert from this video
2: slates so we are going to be a byproduct of the parents that raised us and the environment that we were raised in until we reach the age of critical and independent thought and get to a point as a being of consciousness self-assessing analyzing ourselves our behaviors our thought processes what we believe and beginning to reform that for ourselves a lot of people won't do that. They won't ever get there in this life. Therefore you have a lot of people walking around that are carbon copies of the fucked up people that raised them or the fucked up environment that they came from, if that makes sense, and will largely never evolve out of those patterns of being up to and including when it has offspring. It will likely do to its offspring what was similar things to were done to that person. The cycle continues because we're born blank slates. We have to be indoctrinated. That's what the process from birth to seven and then from seven to about puberty and from puberty to about twenty one, twenty two, those three stages of human development are largely designed for the indoctrination of the child. But in the context I'm using that word, it's not a negative inference. It's not a negative context. You have to teach the blank slate. And then there comes a point in which a level of maturation, I guess is the right word seasoning of the being comes into existence. And then the being begins to think for itself, to put down the things that it did when it was a child and begin, begins to find new things that are in alignment with its adultness. Now, if that makes sense, I got spit out into this world at about 17 years old and had to figure things out on my own. Never having a father. There was a large portion of what a human boy was supposed to know that I did not know. Discipline, respect, temperance of of attitude, lots of things. And having a malignant narcissist mother and the patterns that I learned from her just by watching her do her thing made it very challenging. And for me, what snapped me into consciousness was a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And at 33, from that point, I began waking up in the process from 33 until now at 48 has been 15 years. And in that 15 years of waking up, it has shattered my paradigm more than a dozen times. My view of the world, it just, it has ripped apart my understanding of the world, my place in it, what it's all for, the purpose of life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of people on this planet who will never get to that level. And that's not saying that the level that I'm at is all that high and great. It just seems to be like this evolutionary process or this developmental stage in the development of the human being from childhood to old fucking man. Where the being steps into a level of consciousness that begins to blossom inside the being, the desire for critical thought, the desire for independent thought, I want to figure this out for myself. When you're raised in an environment where everyone within that environment seeks their information from the outside and external, well, let me rephrase that, from the media. And they believe that that's the source. These people wouldn't lie to us and all of the types of ridiculous shit that people believe that sit there while they listen to and absorb the things that come off the television. We have people who are raised in these environments and before they start thinking for themselves, this is what they do. They wake up in the morning where they do, they put on a morning show. They come home, they're watching uh, TV while they're eating dinner. What's on the news? Taking this shit into their fucking being constantly, constantly, constantly. So as the being is developing, it's seeing this taking place in its environment, goes out onto its own and brings those patterns of behavior with it and continues to do the same things. The society that's been built up all around us and the mechanisms that have been set up to condition and control our minds, influence and indoctrinate our minds, understand this, and I believe, seek to disrupt this process or inject itself into this process so that we stay almost dependent upon it because we have some belief that was given to us by simply being raised in an environment where they did it, where we believe that they're telling us the truth and we can't believe for whatever reason that they would lie to us, that they would deceive us. Oh, it's just so fucking... Ridiculous to be able to see all of this for what it is. I can literally pick so much of this apart piece by piece. Ah, I see all this stuff, but there's so much coming at humans. There's so much coming at humans that most humans don't see. They're unaware of, and it largely has to do with them not having the foundational information that gives rise to the understanding and the clarity of sight and vision, so to speak, to be able to see, to have the quote unquote eyes to see. I am and anybody else that's learned really awake knows what's going on. You are surrounded by these people. These carbon copies of the environment that they were raised in and if it's unfortunate if the government has done and the propaganda and indoctrination has done its job well enough many of these people are raised in environments with parents who they themselves don't think critically or independently it's a carbon copy monkey see monkey do and until somebody somewhere along the line breaks that goddamn cycle. And begins to reform their thought processes, think for themselves. It's just going to continue to perpetuate, and we're going to exist in a world full of unthinking people that are more likened to herd-like mentality, herd everything. It's sad that that affiliation to herd animals can be made when you realize that the unthinking human is largely, in many respects, able to be driven very much like an animal is it's sickening it it really showcases a lot of the deficiencies in humans or the weaknesses that are inherent to humans that if and be, well if we don't begin to strengthen them and because we haven't as a collective this awareness hasn't spread and began to strengthen this shit look at how easily taken advantage of we are by these wicked fuckers that are running the planet that have been largely doing what they've been doing to influence the minds of the masses to such a degree that as we see everyone's impotent and disconnected and all the things that we know they are. While I understand that we're born blank slates, and there's even a piece of it that makes a lot of sense when you look at the engineering and what we are, but I think the idea of whatever created us, maybe I'm wrong, but was that the parents would do a, a, a sufficient job in teaching and and programming up their children with the right stuff, the right information, the right Basic fundamental morals, understanding of right and wrong, blah, blah, blah. So so that as the human goes out into the world, it has some foundation, some understanding of bigger things or just the basics. that's what I meant to say, not bigger things, the basics. Look at these social justice warriors and all the videos that we've seen over the past handful of years of these these Antifa-like, SJW-type people freaking and flipping the fuck out. Well, that was the byproduct of the environment they were raised in. They were never given the tools. Nobody ever taught them anything worth a fuck. They got some information in school and somewhere along the line, their parents enabled that behavior. Didn't, didn't chastise that behavior. Take your pick. How do these people exist? It's a byproduct of the environment that they got into or that they were raised in. And the more you begin to realize and accept that from the social justice warrior up the chain of fucked upness of that we see in our society and all the various forms it comes from families where, In the western world we see the family unit so largely being toxic to the point of toxifying the child which goes out into the world carbon copy does you know the same thing monkey see monkey do and the cycle perpetuates itself we're in a world full of this shit, and when you look at the behaviors of human beings it just reveals so much about what's been done to us because for me based off of 48 years of life and my experiences of life and i've had a ridiculous amount of narcissists littered throughout my life that have fucking caused me all kinds of pain. But even still, even with that said, I still believe so. I have a lot of really fucked up experiences with humans. I still believe that inherently humans would desire to be, quote unquote, good, not evil. Although the blank slate, the ignorant human is capable of doing things in a process of learning if it's not taught already, or those lessons aren't taught to it as a child um, of being or doing things that may be conceived and construed as evil because nobody ever told it. It doesn't know it doesn't have a frame of reference. When you start thinking about it a long time ago, whether it was a group of men, whether it was an evil entity, whether it was a group of men that did some black magic ritual seance and talked to a fucking demon and got some information about how we operate, however it took place Something somewhere along the line, an evil entity, a group of evil fucking men working together that knew more about humans, how we're designed, how we're made, what makes us tick, how to poke at us, how to drive us, how to influence our thought processes that ultimately give rise to how we develop if they start influencing that shit young enough. Something has known how to so wholly and absolutely manipulate mindfuck and try to toxify a species that I believe is otherwise good. Think about it from this perspective, even if you're not religious. The spark of divinity, if if that's in, well, some of us, humans, whatever. Let's say humans and the other meat sacks that are walking around with demons in them that aren't occupied by a human soul. Not them. Those of us that are human beings that have the quote-unquote human soul, that have quote-unquote the spark of divinity within us, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean, because um, we're not given a guidebook or anything of how to tap into it or whatever. So what the fuck's the point? But what I'm saying is, I think because of that spark of of divinity and all other stuff that that is the seed that, how do I say this, that I think makes all humans inherently good. And it's this fucking malignant fucking world that as the religious texts say is run and controlled. this is Satan's world, this Luciferian world where everything's inverted, perverted, run and controlled by Jews that have been trying to pervert every fucking culture they've ever penetrated since the beginning. It's this toxic perverse fucking construct. And all of the ridiculous shit going on in it by the psychopaths that have run this motherfucker for millennia. (laughs) That have been doing the things to the humans that cause the toxifications of the minds by way of going out and murdering people and steal all this stuff. And generation by generation by generation, it's been a slow degradation of the species. (laughs) And it's fucking ridiculous. It's like, what the fuck would you put them here for? In an environment where the evil is so rampant and so prevalent, when they are so programmable, And the odds of any of them stepping into consciousness, critical and independent thought is a roll of the dice because there's so much here that's working on disrupting those processes that for some, they'll never get there because that process was disrupted and they became dependent on the government for information, the news for information. And because they're dependent and sucking on that tit as a resource of getting their reality, they never developed the processes in their own self of figuring out, how to determine what reality is for themselves. Therefore, they're manipulated. Therefore, they're easily influenced, moved around like a herd and controlled. So to <clears throat> so to everyone that believes humans are inherently evil and need to be controlled and purified like these fucking ridiculous twisted psychopathic priests and that would do horrible shit to people saying, it's for God, we're purifying you. Bullshit, bullshit. And you know, once the toxification starts to kick up, at that point, The process for untoxifying the mind and turning it around to go the other direction, that could be such a challenging process because of how we're made, because of how the memory works, because of how the mind works, conscious, subconscious, and all the shit that gets into the subconscious mind that we don't have direct access to that's going to fuck with us, fuck with us, fuck with us, even though it's not in our conscious mind, our perceptive mind. It's fucking crazy. And to such a large degree, because we don't know this kind of shit about ourselves, how we operate, how we're engineered, our core vulnerabilities because we don't know this about ourselves, we don't consciously actively know this, have this awareness, for instance, as parents, so that as we raise our children, we can instill in them the things they need to do to be able to protect their mind, guard their mind, and all the other things where we're weak and vulnerable, where parents should fucking figure this shit out before they have kids. So they know enough about what we are, why we are, and what the world is before they actually bring a child into this fucking world. Oh, it's just like the absurdities of this place and what goes on here from the perspective of evil, and that there is, I don't give a fuck who you are. You can't prove to me otherwise. As much evil as we see on this planet throughout the course of 7,000 years of human history that we have recorded, we don't see ever good countering the bad in the way that we see the bad in those, the stories of the, war, the cycles of war and death, destruction and mayhem and slavery and lack and starvation and pestilence and all the fucking ridiculous story. There's never, 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 never an opposite side that shows the good, countering that or anything like that and if it's the good trying to conquer the evil it's always a goddamn bloodbath and then in the stories all the most of the good people the good strong they died in the process and then you're just left with what's left i am a conscious sentient aware critically thinking and independently thinking being and i am tired of being fucking manipulated and lied to by everything on this planet in control up to it including The very spirit forces in this fucker that are causing all of this, and for those that don't realize that that's at play and that this is a spiritual war, well you have a couple of layers of learning to do to take that into your being to understand what's truly going on, and those that don't believe it will remain in denial of it and never take a fucking time to lift a finger to ingest any information that gives rise to an understanding of the spiritual nature of this fucking reality. And you'll never get through to those people you'll never get through to those people you might as well just walk away and let fate be what it's going to be for them because if they're not willing to ingest the information that would give rise to an understanding that broadens their perspective you've got an animal you've got an animal that does not have any consciousness that's not going to learn anything more that's not going to advance in life he's just going to run around or she's just going to run around in the same circles because it doesn't want to learn what i think is just one aspect of what i think relevant to what's happening in the world and what it's doing to humans if it doesn't cause you to begin to critically think if it doesn't begin to cause you to independently think apply logic and deductive reasoning if what we're going through now does not induce these things in the masses quite frankly i'm at a point where it's like i would be okay watching the gods come back and wipe everybody the fuck out because of this version that they, they fucked up they, they fucked up because it doesn't think enough for itself unless they were looking for slaves i mean maybe they were And what's what's the odds that there are some of us that are anomalies that, um, I don't know, break out of that slave thing and that slave everything? I don't know. It's a lot to process, a lot to think about, and it's shit that most people don't think about. And knowing what it is that I do know about the human design and human engineering and seeing how all of this is coming at humans, knowing how we're wired up, how we're programmed, and that there's supposed to be a point in which we develop critical and independent thought, and that this system has been at play for so long working to disrupt that process or break it so that people become so mentally and psychologically dependent upon their masters, their government, the media source. they never even developed the ability to contemplate for themselves that they could be fucking lying to them and that everything could be crafted for them to literally create their version of reality. And when you present to somebody that, that to somebody who's not in a stage of critical thought and independent thought, that's going to sound crazy. They'll hear it. They'll, they'll take it in and they'll hear it, but they will never actually process that look at themselves and even contemplate if they're in that condition, let alone most likely even have a desire to want to change from that place. Because, well, once humans get conditioned and once they find a place of comfort, it's really easy for them to get lazy. And if it's real comfortable and really easy for their, for their reality to be handed to them and they don't have to work to figure out what reality is, well, some humans tend to get lazy. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I hate to admit this. I hate to say this. Unless or until most humans or many humans experience enough fucking pain, they're not going to be, I hate to say this too, driven to begin to ask different questions. It's almost like you've got to torment the human, at least when they're in the condition they're in now. This may not be the default state. It may be a byproduct of how perverse and toxic the human mind and the human being has become throughout the generations of these perversions and fucking toxicities being injected into our society. But you've got to literally drive the human to a level of pain that drives that human to begin to think in a way that they never fucking have to understand where the source of the pain is. And that's if the human has the ability to even begin to do that. Some of them will just cave, drop to their knees, roll over like a submitting dog. Okay, don't, I won't fight for myself or anything, or any. I just roll over because I'm a slave mind and. It got too deep and it'll never change in this life. We're surrounded by these people. And it still sickens me to realize how obvious it is to see all the evil, how obvious it is to see all the evil and how out of balance this world has been for so long because of that. And we don't see that this quote unquote good that we're told we're pitted in between the the forces of good and evil, the battle between God, and the devil, blah, 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 blah. We don't see the quote unquote good side, the God side, the the light side, any of this doing anything. So what are we, are we being lied to? I think this construct is actually a construct of darkness. I, I really fucking do. And somehow it has prevented the light from being able to come in, even though there's a sun, you get what it's a metaphorical, spiritual type thing. Because I don't see the good, the light or any of that good stuff flowing through this world, counterbalancing, creating a balance in any fucking meaningful capacity at all. whatsoever. so fucking ever. So where's the God? Where's the good? Where's all of this shit? We're always told it is the balance, the balance.
0: And interject, because he's making a really good point. And this is why a lot of people claim to be atheists and they fall into this system is because they give you religion in these indoctrination systems, right? To pile people into a herd. Christians over here, you know, Buddhists over here, you know, Jehovah Witnesses over here, you know, so on and so forth. And this religion's right, this one's not right, this one's right, this is not right. And the most popular one, which we know is Christianity, tells you that we're waiting for a man to come down and save us while all of this wicked stuff is happening in the earth, while children are being injected with the mark of the beast, while children are disappearing, while there's organ harvesting going on, while there's poor and the rich, while the lands are still... I mean, I can list a million different issues of evilness going on. While people are living, losing their livelihoods over the Mark of bees. All of this is going on, right? But the people forget that it's all about free will. If the Most High really was about free will, why, of course the Most High is not going to force people to worship the Most High and the Most High only, right? The Most High gave us an option. And like this this gentleman in the video alluded to, it's up to the parents to train up the children, right? We know right from wrong. But when we allow the indoctrination, we allow our own idol worship to steer us off course. Of course, we're going to fall into the religion where all we can do is back up the idea of somebody coming down to save us. That even some of these religions go as far as saying you have to suffer here on earth. Your time here on earth, you must suffer. Own nothing, be, be a slave. And then when you die, you get to go enjoy it. Think about that mind, how much that messes with a person's mind. So I understand where this guy's coming from. I just wanted to clear that up because a lot of people don't understand it is free will and it is our fault. We are in this situation.
2: Between the good and the evil, where is it? If this, is, if this was created by quote unquote God, even though it's Satan's world. You'd think it would have the ability to influence things if the scales got really out of balance because this evil Lucifer, devil, Satan thing was just so out of control. That this quote-unquote God force for those religious people that want to believe in it would come back and, you know, use its finger and just kind of tip the scales back into balance a little before, a little again, you know, somewhere in the middle of the balance, somewhere. Nope, nope, nope. Show me. Show me. Try to convince me. When and where humans have ever seen that happen other than to restore balance, the gods come back and wipe everything out and more or less start over and if they don't start over the earth or they're starting over with a significantly reduced population because they clearly wiped out babylon and reduced population substantially then you don't have to look for the good i mean you don't have to look for the evil in this world you don't it's everywhere although many don't even have the eyes to see it which is bizarre to me you don't have to look far or hard to see the evil its mark its systems and all of it you don't have to look far you don't have to look hard or long But to find the opposite side of that, the good that's counterbalancing this and this thing that we, most of us believe, you don't see the evidence of that. I'm not trying to say this because it's like just, oh, I'm just being so negative, man. No, I'm literally logically looking at this, assessing this. And this is what I see. I'm hyper aware of many things and I'm fucking looking. The evil has taken over the earth and it's just now rising its head. To the point where it's now obvious. And even in the obviousness of it, (laughs) how many people look around you? Look at at what people are still accepting. Don't even realize what the fuck's going on. And the louder you try to get explaining it to them to try to grab their attention, the crazier, well, the crazier they think you are. The more unwrapped you are, the more insert label that's negative and makes you um, a source of information that they would never consider. So much so that they'll never even fucking lift a finger to research the shit you try to tell them. So not only do we have this issue where the critical thought, the independent thought as a stage of human development gets interrupted, we also have this process when you try to get through those people where there's this ego mechanism that defends what we think we know. So there's this fucking multifaceted fucking thing about us that these assholes have known about worked and worked and worked and worked and worked on us and have driven society and the world to a point where those of us that do see are are almost powerless to get through to those that do not because again this ego mechanism puts up a little resistance it's like no i i'm i'm an intelligent human being i know what's going on i am capable and that belief system may be derived and that's somebody who takes an in information from the media sure i know what's going on i learned it from the television why would they tell me what's wrong so i know and here you are telling them that everything about the source of information they're taking in is fucking lying to them and they have to come to the terms that hey i'm taking in information from something that's been totally shit, and i haven't even figured it the fuck out there's an ego thing right there, where they have to accept that they've been lied to, deceived, and a lot of people, for whatever reason, their ego won't won't do very well with that because they've been so sure of themselves, they've been so confident in who they are, and when they realize that they've been deceived, think think about that. Then there's so many other aspects of mental gymnastics that people will do to stay away from and deny, 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 deny. I got into it with two people in my comment section on the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion video. One person said, "You know, I wouldn't have, if if you put this up, before, I wouldn't have believed this until it happened. Now I see it happening." The world is full of people like this and these people infuriate me on a level that I can't quantify in human language because these are the dumb motherfuckers that I'm talking about that we're surrounded by that for any of us that have woken up and had YouTube channels over the last however many years doing what we can to wake up people. Those of us that have been trying to wake up our family, wake up our friends, wake up our loved ones, wake up people that ultimately always has the effect of pushing people the fuck away. Like, What kind of Twilight Zone shit is this? And half of me has a lot of compassion for humans because I know what's been done. The other half of me is like, I'm so fucking sick of this, and humans are, are 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 in such a degraded state that I'm so fucking disgusted because I live in this world too. I don't have I have a lot of knowledge, but I don't have any fucking power. I have no ability to do anything to fucking change this shit. And it's like you know, I'm not going to sacrifice myself for the species. I'm just not. I, I don't give a fuck enough. I, like I just don't. I, I, I don't. And what I mean by that is go out and do something huge that would start to cause people to ask what well, you know and, and
0: and like i said before the video he definitely is a brother who who has been in babylon a lot longer than i have i mean he's almost 20 years older than i am so i can get his frustration but the overall message is on point in terms of trying to get through to people because you can't get through to the herd at least the vast majority of you of them you can't you absolutely can't It's like pulling teeth. And let's take a look at the definition of mental gymnastics because I enjoyed how from the last video, the audio excerpt from the last video, how the gentleman had said, had made a mention or a notion of mental gymnastics that people have to basically go through in order to defend the stance that they're on and i've always I, I live by the notion for me that i don't care about being right i only care about being on the right side of the truth i i i'm i didn't own this truth you know what i'm saying i'm just sifting through and unraveling the onion of deception i'm seeking wisdom knowledge and understanding of the most high so that i can have edification so that I can maneuver around the hurdles and pitfalls in Babylon, that's it. So, for me, one of the best things I ever did was being honest with myself and just destroying my cognitive dissonance as best as I could. Not allowing my emotions and my ego to run me, but allowing the truth to. The definition of mental gymnastics is a slang term for the mental ability that can be very effective in dealing with cognitive dissonance a miraculous mental process of weaving intricate threads of reasoning in complex, tangential, and often contradictory ways to give the mental gymnast the illusion that they have resolved a cognitive dissonance stemming from objective facts, debunking their firmly held beliefs, thereby allowing the mental gymnast to continue on with life still holding on to the flawed beliefs while still acknowledging the objective facts. So, I mean, it's it's tied directly to cognitive dissonance. If you don't know much about cognitive dissonance, check out the video, the podcast that I put together on cognitive dissonance because it's rampant. It's like you can't tell anybody nothing nowadays. And you definitely can't speak against the establishment. Oh, man. Especially if it's a family member. No, it won't fly. According to the psychologytoday.com article entitled The Science Behind Why People Follow the Crowd, written by Rob Henderson and published on May 24, 2017. It may seem that we are in control of our thoughts and behavior, but social psychology tells us a different story. Social psychology is defined as a scientific study of how we think about influence and relate to one another, We are social beings. Most of us communicate with others every day, spending large portions of our waking hours in some form of communication. One lesson from social psychology is the influence others have on us. Research shows we do not have as much control over our thoughts and behavior as we think. We take cues from our environment, especially other people on how to act. How groups influence us. Consider the concept of group polarization. The idea is that like minded people in a group reinforce one another's viewpoints. Group polarization strengthens the, or- the opinions of each person in the group. In a study by French psychologists Serge Mossovici and Marissa Zalvalani, researchers asked participants some questions. First, researchers asked about their opinion on the French president. Second, they asked about their attitude toward Americans. The Researchers then asked the participants to discuss each topic as a group. After discussion, groups who held a tentative consensus became more extreme in their opinions. For example, participants held slightly favorable attitudes toward the French president, but their attitudes magnified as group members spoke with one another. They held slightly negative attitudes towards Americans, but their attitudes intensified as each member learned others shared their views about their allies abroad the researchers concluded group consensus seems to induce a change of attitudes in which subjects are likely to adapt more extreme positions when we see our certain options reflected back onto us our beliefs strengthened strengthened. so yeah i mean that's why a lot of people like they talk about the same thing over and over that's why it's the covid narrative is a cult because for a lot of people, it fuels, they feel connected to other people. They took away your ability to, to connect with each other because you have to stand six feet apart. They took away your ability to touch your loved ones, right? To connect, we as human beings need to touch. We are very, t- we, we it's not even just our verbals and our non-verbals, we have to touch. A lot of us have to, as far as interacting. And they took all that away. They took away even your smile, people. That's That's crazy. So the article continues with, Many of us also enjoy being with others who share similar beliefs. In one experiment, researchers invited people to discuss issues including same-sex marriage, affirmative action, and climate change. People in one group came from predominantly liberal Boulder, Colorado. People in another group came from mostly conservative Colorado Springs. The discussions on controversial topics led to increased agreement within the groups. Beliefs are held. Beliefs we hold are strengthened when we are around others who hold similar views. If other people do it, that means it's right, right? There is a heuristic most of us use to determine what we what to do, think, say, and buy. The principle of social proof. To learn what is correct, we look at what other people are doing. In his best-selling book, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion, psychologist Robert Cialdini writes, whether the question is what to do with an empty popcorn box in a movie theater, how fast to drive on a certain stretch of highway, or how to eat the chicken at, din- at a dinner party, the actions of those around us will be important in defining the answer. Social proof is a shortcut to decide how to act. And that is, it's social proof. What do you need nowadays? You need a mask social proof you need now you need a vaccine and in a lot of countries you need a passport a vaccine passport you see what i'm saying it's social proof the same thing they did with the nurses last year all of the healthcare workers a lot of them felt great about themselves they felt that it was their ability to sh- their time to shine some even went as far as virtue signaling and and saying things to people that they normally wouldn't say think about how that the group thought. And the social portion of it works for the people. And we're going to transition into the deeper psychological aspects behind the herd mentality to get another perspective. And we're going to transition over to the audio excerpt from the bombards body language video entitled body language heard facts published on September 14 2021.
3: For those of you who have watched my vlog, you'll understand a little bit of why we're watching some of this and thank you for the well wishes and dealing with that particular doctor, it made me want to, you know, look at other things that we take for fact that may not actually be fact and why we can recognize that that isn't a bad doctor per se, but a doctor in a belief system based on, and I put facts in quotation marks. Because this is what they've been taught. And that is what we're going over. One of these, what we're about to see, is the Alzheimer's and how this will slap most people in the face. Of course, what he's saying is true. Everyone takes that Alzheimer's is goes in this form. This is what is the culprit. You don't argue with him, other than the other one that we aren't allowed to mention on the boob tube, that most people take is hmm, something don't smell right. But Alzheimer's, I want you to watch this. And I want you, one, to see not only the language that he uses, but the confidence that he has, and the excitement that he has on his research for this Alzheimer's.
4: It, that um, emphasizes fruits and vegetables and fishes and limits um, intake of meat. Uh, being aware of and treating things like hypertension and diabetes, avoiding things that can injure our brains like head trauma or toxic substances can all come together to promote healthy brain in, uh, aging and plasticity. There is a lot of exciting research being done at the Brigham Women's Hospital, trying to advance uh, this field. Our lab is actively investigating factors that uh, promote healthy cognitive aging in older folks.
3: So as he even mentions his lab, you see him a little squished down where he's getting comfortable to talk about what his lab is doing. This is exciting for him. He's in his little white coat. We have to set the scene no matter what. He's in his white coat. He's authority. He's part of the crowd and you take it from where his perspective is as an authoritative figure, not that he's just some average guy looking at average guy's research and piggybacking off of them to expand the research. He wears that white coat has already put in his mind. I'm part of the elite class of thinkers when it comes to this realm, my knowledge encompasses everything that is known that is accepted as medical science. So when you have someone who has been indoctrinated, and yes, it's indoctrinated into that mentality, they've earned, their MD, they're accepted as part of the medical doctors club. They've got special journals that only they can write into. All of these things set them apart and set them up for failure in the sense of a belief system it is very easy when you get into this mentality to be in a belief system and unable to recognize that you're in it Ah, what's he saying mandy that's so crazy
4: Um, our study entitled sage or successful aging and enrichment uh, this is the first study to try to carry out a head-to-head comparison of the effect of different types of structured physical or mental stimulation over a five-week training period so basically participants are being randomized a randomly assigned to either a physical exercise program, a computerized cognitive stimulation program, or mindfulness attentional training program, all of which take place in the homes of uh, each of the participants.
3: Now, I will point this out to you because if I had not done and fallen into some of the other researchers from non-orthodox researches, I wouldn't think any different from this guy either. Be like, well, obviously he must know something. He's approaching it from a, oh, you're just not doing something. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. So you need to physically move or you need to mentally think. And that's your cure-all. And I use that term loosely. There has been other research pretty much by accident that is finding that it's actually blood clots in the brain that is causing Alzheimer's and dementia. But that narrative, that quote-unquote fact, has not been brought into the fold as accepted yet, and therefore treating blood clots to stop Alzheimer's or dementia is not an acceptable treatment yet. Now here here we have what most people can sit there and go, hmm, but what does he say? Yes, we're talking about the vaccine.
5: So there are millions of them and and that takes time. Um, And that's one of the big goals of a vaccine is to Really, the whole point of a vaccine is to show your immune system what the virus looks like before you're infected so that your immune system can go through that learning process and that growth process on its own, on on your immune system's own time and get you to a point where now, okay, you've got the antibodies and you've got the T cells and you're going to have that immune memory um, all before you ever get exposed to the virus. So normally when you get exposed to the virus, the virus gets the head start. Okay. Um, and then your immune system is playing catch up. Your immune system has these rare cells that can potentially protect you, but they're rare, um, and they have to grow from one cell into a million cells. And usually that takes a week and you get sick for that week in the meantime.
3: So here you are listening to him speak and he's giving you the quote unquote facts of how things are supposed to work that he's been taught in his bubble. This is how things work. And so it's easy for him to sit there and get, ah, I've been given a vaccine for, let's say, freaking measles. And that's all you hear. I know from class, when I was a student as a medical doctor, and I'm speaking from his point of view, that this is what they said, how it's supposed to work. And this makes sense. Ergo, here's this new vaccine for measles. This is how it is supposed to work. And he doesn't have to dive in anymore to figure it out because the belief system has stopped him from looking into it further. It's like believing that red light means stop and ignoring the fact that for some reason there's a new rule that red light means stop only for certain things, not that red light means stop anymore. And so when you get someone who's very comfortable in the environment, they've been taught these things. And then other people with white coats who've been published in that journal that they all want to be in respected by their peers, say things that reality is saying isn't true. And reality could be doing things like death counts could be up for no reason, but that's not supposed to happen. But reality says it does. But because they're in that bubble and they do not want to be cut from the herd, and that's the most important thing for most humans, is they do not like being outside the herd. They will look for little nuggets in their brain that keeps them in the comfort level of being in the herd. And they can use language that says, well, this is how it's supposed to work.
4: So you talked about this cascade of um, immune system effects and response to either a vaccine or a natural infection. Um, <clears throat> with a vaccine, what, what symptoms would you expect when the immune system is really ramping up and, and responding?
5: Yeah, it's another good question. And, and, and I get it, I I get it a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I definitely tell people, you know, these vaccines are safe. Um, that, that doesn't mean they're, they're not gonna, uh, uh, make it not feel so great for a day or two, or have a little bit of a fever. And and that can be a really positive thing.
3: So you sit there and you see how his reaction to that is these vaccines are, and he's, he stops and he hesitates on the word safe because there is that part of the mind. I want to be part of the herd. The herd says this is good. There is a a certain amount of risk involved that says that's acceptable casualty numbers. But all in all, they're safe because in class I learned that point blah, blah, blah is an acceptable number to lose. I also learned in class that getting sick is acceptable as well because it means it's working and the questioning the sickness, questioning how sick is actually good, questioning what kind of sickness should I be seeing, cannot get through that belief system. And when you've done things that if you look back and that's for the Alzheimer's doctors who could have had their patients lasting a lot longer with certain medications, instead of just treating them like they needed to get some exercise, You're going to reach that cognitive barrier even in themselves where they don't want to admit they have done harm. Some people will be sick with themselves and will stop practicing. Some people will refuse to feel that mental sickness in themselves and still doggedly pursue the bad facts because the idea of facing consequences that they may have perpetrated on human beings will mentally break them and possibly destroy them. And if anything, take away from this, that all these people who are that captured, there's nothing you can do but walk away.
0: Much respect to the author on that. She did a a very excellent breakdown on the herd mentality simply just using the so-called experts like she said, keywords, lab coats so-called experts who always just go off the indoctrination. We already know like the people on TV are the bloodlines, right? They're, They're the actors, the crisis actors but why it's important, what she just pointed out was the people who are actually in these healthcare sectors who actually do work for the government or work for, you know, the education system or work for the church in some capacity, those are the ones that are very difficult to get them to acknowledge the herd and get them to acknowledge that they may be on the wrong side of history. So, I mean, it just, it continues to just give us more ammo to understand people's mentalities and what the indoctrination does to the mind of the masses. According to the TrueDemocracyParty.net article entitled, Rise of the American Sheeple, Ten Signs You're a Sheep, published on July 21st, 2013. So 10 signs, you're a sheep. One second. Sheeple is a portmanteau of sheep and people. It's a term of disparagement in which people are likened to sheep, a herd animal. The term is used to describe those who voluntarily acquiesce to a suggestion without critical analysis or research. And me, myself, like, I've backed off of calling people sheep or sheeples or insulting the masses even though i do i mean if you're dumb you're dumb that's just the truth i just don't really use those terms anymore but they are true i mean it it, that's what they call you a useless eater they they think about the term they use herd immunity (laughs) they said the herd immunity they're telling you so i mean you can't really get mad at us when you listen to them so number 10 you own an expensive vehicle you don't need a forty thousand dollar vehicle to get from point a to point b the only reason to own a forty thousand dollar car is because you want one why do you want one because you were told to want one and you obeyed think about the hummer when the hummer came out probably the h2 hummer is like the most useless car you could have ever bought and then that helped push the rise in suvs and i'm not saying there's not a use for an suv but think about an suv versus a stand-up truck A truck, you can at least haul things and pick things up. You don't need to get, you know, a a, a moving van or anything like that. But an SUV limits you and it's just a gas guzzler. Number nine, you watch the top 10 highest rated television shows. This wouldn't be the case if the top 10 television shows were beacons of genius. As it stands, the top 10 television shows are beacons of petty ignorance because stupid sells better that... Than genius. The reason stupidity sells so well is because people who don't think flock towards stupidity because it's familiar and safe. And like, it was always like when people would like say, do you watch, they'd ask me like, do you watch Wild and Out? And I would just be like, what is, what? Like, I just couldn't understand some of the shows people would watch. Of course, there are shows like Game of Thrones, which a lot of people liked or, you know, but which turns out to be a satanic show where a lot of people like, which... You know a lot of people fall into those type of categories (laughs) got to be keeping up with what everybody else is keeping up number eight you believe that the music you listen to and the clothes you wear make you unique and or rebellious music and fashion are mass product consumer goods no matter what label they fall under i don't care if you're a hip-hop grunge indie metal emo punk hardcore country death metal or classical there's somebody else out there listening to the same music as you wearing the same clothes congratulating themselves for being unique just like you, but you're not unique. You're defining your identity by associating with mass produced consumer products that are going to stop listening to wearing when it goes out of style. And that's exactly what it is. Think about all the people dressing like the 90s and the 80s and like the hip hop tees and like the jerseys are back and like like it's just fads. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, going with that, but a lot of people will literally change up their whole entire wardrobe based upon a fad. I just go off of if it makes you feel comfortable, wear it. Who cares what it is? Number seven, you don't need or you don't read or you only read popular fiction. In order to grow and change, you need to learn. In order to learn, eventually, you're going to have to read a book. If you're not reading, then you're not learning much outside of pop culture you're bombarded with every day. And that's true. People won't even read articles, man, from a computer. It's nuts. Number six, you get along with pretty much everybody on the surface it sounds noble and and, and virtuous to get along with everyone but most people are stupid stupid people are afraid of ideas smart people have ideas if you're smart stupid people won't like you (laughs) if you get along with everybody you either don't have any ideas to offend their stupidity with or you're not standing up for your intelligent ideas and if you're not going going to stand up for what's right then you're stupid (laughs) oh that was great Number five, similar to number six, you automatically disagree with people all the time. If you do this, you probably don't notice, but it's pretty easy to spot when other people do it. So think about this, non-thinking people don't weigh pros and cons logically. They just defend what they already believe and automatically reject everything else, even if it's mundane and trivial. If it doesn't already have a place in their mind already, it's not coming in. So they constantly disagree with other people. They think this makes them smart because they're so good at coming up with arguments and playing the devil's advocate. The more they shoot down other people's ideas and shut them up, the more smug and manically genius it makes them feel. But all they're really doing is building a higher and higher wall around their mind. Yup some people like I've literally had family members tell me that they don't want to look at what I had to send them as far as information. They just like, yeah, I don't want to look at it. <laughs> My like, wow. Okay, that's the Number four, your best friends are stupid. We hang out with people we're, we're comfortable with. Now be honest. Are your best friends stupid? <laughs> if they are, then the reason you're friends with them is because you're stupid. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with being friends with lifelong fr- people. You know, that's the, that's the thing. The thing is, you there is a thing as loving people from a distance. You know, like if all your, your friends want to do is partake in things that go against your principles then then be vocal with them let them know that you're changing let them know that you want to do other things invite them out to other things try different approaches you know but ultimately if they're also not for your life then there's nothing wrong with that we're all adults here number three you have no philosophy or your philosophy is vague to the point of being useless here's a simple sheeple test in one question what's your philosophy on life don't have an answer ready to go your mind is empty you're following the herd (laughs) But don't take my word for it. Go do a survey. Go ask everyone, you know, what their philosophy of life is. Most people won't have an answer. That means they don't know how to live. So all they can do is just follow the herd and convince themselves that whatever they are doing is novel and ideal. But what they're doing is neither novel nor ideal. Oh, a thinker would be able to immediately give you a summary of their philosophy and tell you a long rude story about how they came to that conclusion (laughs) and they would go out of their way to make the disclaimer that their answers aren't conclusive, their journey isn't over and they'll have more to say on the matter every year man that's a great (laughs) that's a great example number two you believe in religion exactly all religion is mythology it's just stuff humans made up and told their descendants not to question Believe in something that isn't true and refusing to consider the evidence is a definition of a blind follower. Don't get mad at me for calling people who worship mythology sheeple. Get mad at Jesus for comparing himself to a shepherd. (laughs) I'm also not saying that being an atheist makes you smart and independent. There are plenty of pop atheists who have rejected religion just because it's trendy, and that makes them sheeple as well. And that's what we say all about religion. Even atheists are part of religion. I was even reading scripture like a few months ago during podcast until I was able to. It's not even able to. I've always been willing to take in new information. And once I found out is all even Torah was Nephilim created and, and infiltrated. I was able to let go of it. I use if I use scripture, I use it to pinpoint their script. Think about it. Number one, you don't think you're a sheeple. I don't say this hypocritically. I say it self depreciatingly every one of us is a product of the environment we're raised in our most basic assumptions about life existence and our own identity are inter- interwoven with the fabric of society so tightly it's usually impossible to tell where society's ideas end and ours begin the world simply cannot be divided into sheeple and non we're all sheeple if you don't like if you don't think you're a sheeple You'll never have any motivation to analyze your beliefs and behaviors objectively to decide if you're doing anything stupid or herd-minded. However, once you admit you've been guilty of following the herd your entire life, then you'll be motivated to tear yourself apart looking for the disgusting stains of society within yourself. (laughs) And when you do that, you'll also find good parts of your personality that society helped build within you. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's just straight to the point. It's an opinion paper or opinion article, but it's, it's, it gives you solid examples. And I don't, I can't argue with them. I really can't. It's the a great author. made me laugh. So let, we're going to switch over to further bitter truth behind indoctrination and the herd mentality. And we're going to transition over to the audio excerpt from the rebellious meat puppet video entitled Contemplating the herd masses and our objective Reality, published on October 19, 2020.
6: Well, personally, I think it's safe to say the world is not going to awaken. Americans are not going to awaken, and I'm not coming at it from a pessimist, negative perspective. I'm coming at it from what I perceive to be looking at the objective reality that is all around us and the fact that the perception of the masses is completely aligned with the narrative that is being pushed where I'm at. Every time I go to the grocery store, I am the only one that does not have a mask on and it shows very, very, very clearly. Where these people are at, where I'm at, every time I go to the store, gas station, grocery store, whatever it might be, everybody is wearing masks. And for people who are awake and understand what's going on, see the deception. Everyone that you see wearing a mask, whether they fuck with you or not, These are the NPCs, these are the walking dead, the unconscious, the bipedal herd animals that quite literally cannot and do not think for themselves, cannot and do not have an independent or critical fucking thought flow through their feeble little herd-like minds. And whether you like it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, whether you want to see that it's all love and light or whatever, I can't get away from the fact that I consider it to be, that this is an objective truth. Every single person that you see wearing a mask most likely plops their fucking ass on the couch and sits there and ingests, and and as I've said before, laps from the trough of mainstream media. They don't have the perception to see the deception. They don't have the perception to perceive any of this. And to most of the people I would say, I would guess that hear my voice. We are surrounded by these people across the whole of the fucking earth. Quite literally, not an exaggeration. And from where I sit now at this juncture basically eight fucking months in to this shit and these dumb fucking herd animals haven't fucking picked up their head from the grazing that they've been doing as fucked up as this may sound I'm beginning to see them all as the enemy on some levels because they're functioning on what they believe what they believe is based off of a version of reality that has been crafted for them and handed to them. These people are actually fucking dangerous, whether they're violent now or not. These are the people who would turn you in. These are the people who believe in authority and would be all too happy to fucking out you, turn you in, call the cops on you, call the authorities. These brain-dead herd animals, these unconscious Hurt animals believe in authority. It's been indoctrinated into their feeble little fucking minds their whole lives. And they are not capable of seeing beyond the barrier of the belief and the perception that has been crafted for them and given to them. Strangely enough, they willfully, willfully take that shit in. Now, if you see what I'm saying and you align with that and you understand that, and you realize that you are not one of those people, Consider how few of us there actually are. Consider how divided we all are. I have sat here contemplating how in the fuck can I get connected to people of like mind, similar mind. don't care if they're white, black, green, purple, don't care if they're woman or man. It's the energy of the mindset that I'm craving to connect with an awakened being, I'm not talking about enlightenment, I'm not talking about all kinds of spiritually advanced stuff and stuff. I'm talking about motherfuckers who have their head out of their ass, critically think and understand the gravity of what's going on. I watched a video from a guy, um, the channel no longer exists, but it was Thule, Thule Productions, Thulean Productions, and this guy was talking about hopelessness and despair. He was talking about how the Aryans of the Waffen SS, stood strong and defiant through bullets flying through them through their comrades dropping, you know, left and right all around them. And he said something to the effect of, and this may very well just be his opinion, but maybe it's not, that the Waffen-SS was one of the most awesome fighting forces to ever walk the earth aside from the Spartans. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard a lot of stories about the Waffen-SS and a lot of the stories you hear are in the context of them being brutal killers But see, I'm one of the people that understands what they were fighting against and fighting for, so I don't see them that way. (sighs) Hopelessness and despair is to such a large degree what I was dealing with when I put those videos up, which I really shouldn't have put up. I should have had the presence of mind to keep that shit to myself, but I needed to dump it the fuck out, and um, or it was just going to just eat me inside like a cancer. But... It's hopelessness and despair that drives the human to those places and these fucking filthy, rancid, fucking juke, cock sucking filth, motherfuckers. And then all the people that are, that are fucking sucking their dick, like Joe Biden and Donald Trump and every fucking politician in America and the rest of the fucking world that's involved with this goddamn deception and continuously pushing it. These motherfuckers have done a number on the human species that is so all encompassing and almost total and complete. But there are those of us who retain the ability to critically think and the ability to see and can and, and, and will not be deceived, at least easily, by these demon motherfuckers. When you really sit and process the gravity of the position the human species is actually in, the agendas at play, and what these motherfuckers actually intend to push forth because of what? Some goddamn billionaires that are funding all this shit? You just got to wonder why humans haven't risen up and killed the governments. Found Bill Gates and cut his head off and put it into a fucking, one of those tree grinders, um, the, the the wood chipper. And Trump and Biden and all these fucking political leaders and, and Bezos and all these fucking people. These are demons in a in a sense. They're fucking the most rancid fucking pieces of shit to ever incarnate into a fucking human means sack. And the world isn't being... The world has been taken over by these motherfuckers. And if it hasn't become self-evident to people, God isn't coming to save us, Jesus isn't coming to save us, Zeta Reticulans aren't coming to save us, inner earth beings, or any of that shit that fucking people want to believe that keeps them from taking action. So I guess what I'm saying is when you really consider the position in this world that the human species is in and compare what you know about that to the awareness of the human species, to the response of the human species, to the actions of the human species, we are fucked. And in the event that there was this mass awakening, which I do not believe is going to happen, it's, as I've said before, only going to take us through another fucking cycle. Yet another goddamn cycle for the fucking herd animal meat sack fucking humans of violence, and war, and killing, and destruction, and all of that fucking shit. Checkmate, humans! Fucking checkmate what you're gonna do. I am just so utterly, wholly, and completely disgusted with what it is that I'm seeing coming out of the human species on just about every fucking level there is to perceive it. Those of us that are so affectionately referred to and mocked as conspiracy theorists, we're the critical thinkers. We're the critical thinkers because we have the perception. We have the ability to process the reality of what the fuck's going on and see the forest through the fucking trees or however that works. Yet these dumb herd animals (laughs) look at us without masks on and shake their fucking heads like we're, we're stupid humans. I I have a whole family full of those people um, that, have said things like people are stupid who don't wear masks these people will hang on to their beliefs and their perception with a white knuckle death grip all the while not realizing that I say this in quotes like the metaphorical that the goddamn devil has given them their fucking perception and their comprehension of what the fuck is going on and they don't see it see I'm getting to a point now after eight months of in my own head and in my own heart in some ways thinking to myself These fucking useless eaters do not not deserve the goddamn breath in their lungs. They do not deserve the motherfucking lives that they were given or that they have. They don't. They don't, they don't, they don't. Because at their foundation, they are sentient beings capable of logic, reason, critical thought, processing, analyzing, and all those things. And they are doing none of it as evidenced by the fact that this world is not tearing this place apart.
0: It's important to recognize how deep the indoctrination and idolatry is in order for the herd mentality to be so strong on the mind body and souls of the masses you know even throughout all the perspectives i shared as far as audio clips today i know it, it had to have painted a better picture for a lot of people a lot of us are frustrated a lot of us are burnt out on it a lot of us are doing our best to understand it and break it down But one fact remains the same, is that once you're caught up in the herd mentality, it's almost next to impossible to leave the herd unless it's by your own doing, unless it's by some kind of intervention, some kind of rock bottom moment for you to understand. And even like the author of the videos, the one we just played, the two videos from today, the individual had mentioned that most human beings are never going to wake up until they feel pain. Like they need to be tormented. And that's why we see today with the Mark of the Beast, giving it to their children. It's one thing that they poison themselves, right? And tell themselves that it's okay and upload their vaccination stickers and, and their cards and stuff. But it's another thing when they do it with their children. And wait till children with children have already been falling dead from the shot. So of adults, so of our elders. But wait till you start seeing it on a broader scale. That's what the herd mentality is brings people to do you throw all common sense all discernment all wisdom all knowledge all understanding all edification all of your senses out the window in order to fit in it's sick people the herd mentality is allowed for the masses to buy into all these psyops throughout the whole entire world throughout history all the false flags all of that you know how can the masses be naive naive enough to even listen to anybody talking about herd immunity like they're lying to you. They're they're mocking you. They're calling you ch- ch- cattle to your face. You gotta get this booster. You gotta get this shot. You gotta get this pill. You know, herd immunity like perfectly describes cancel culture people just following along if you got your two shots and you don't want your third or your booster you're an anti-vaxxer now you're canceled by your own family members your own friends your own colleagues you're canceled by society you're a burden you're a loser you're a conspiracy theorist you're an anti-vaxxer you're anti-government you're anti-science you're anti-herd and welcome to the reality we live in which many of us want no part of and it's time for us to remove ourselves from the herd there's only so much time that we have to help wake people up who are still unvaccinated or whatever whatever situation they may be in. There's only so much time. And I wish you all the best. Peace and blessings to all of the righteous men and women of the Most High. Peace and blessings to all of those who have been on their own narrow path of the righteous with the Most High and to those who are beginning on their own narrow path of the righteous with the Most High. May the Most High continue to bless you, protect you, guide you, and provide you with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. May your life be fulfilled and may you have peace of mind all of your days, along with your family lineage. All praises to the Most High. And the Most High only. Peace.